Hello. Um, just for content warnings for this episode, we talk about death. Obviously, Metal Gear Solid spoilers. Um, I'm an idiot, and I keep calling uh, Otacon Ocelot when we talk about the future of the stuff that happens in Metal Gear Solid. Uh, we talk about a kid dying, and there are some minor spoilers for the movie RRR. Um, and uh, anyways, I hope you have a great day. Bye. Hi, hello. It's Joe, and this is Necessary Tangents. Oh, hello. 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 Ooh, that's an A. And with me. And with me are. Hey. It's Kiki. Hi, Kiki. Hey. Hey. It's me. Piper, the name I almost picked. Well, that's a cute name. It yeah. is. So I almost picked it. Fair. Manual <laughs> <laughs> logic. I'm lazy. I just cut off the two thirds of my first name and got rid of my middle name. And uh, so today we're talking about Metal Gear Solid Five some more. Um. Uh, where we left off is we had just rescued Code Talker from Skullface, and we started to learn the actual plot of the game. About four-fifths through Chapter 2. Sorry, Chapter 1. Um, but first, we have to talk about Kojima. Because Kojima is in the game. He is an Intel specialist with an A++ rank, I think. I should Google this before. Oh no. He's in the game? He's just walking around in the game? No, he's been kidnapped and you have to rescue him. He's EA yeah. in the you're in the game? He's in the yeah. game. You can have the quiet shower scene with him. I mean, yes, if you mod it that way. <laughs> I can have Hideo Kojima. Oh, I'm sorry. No, he is a I, I just looked him up. He is an S rank. He's a C in combat, A plus in engineering, A in design, A in research, S in intel, and B in medicine. So he's he's very good. Wow, but he, he cannot fight. I, I If I had gone that far, I probably would take him out on combat missions as the playable character, just, just for fun. Mm -hmm. Well, if you take him out... Um, you can increase combat stats by using characters. Also, C is not the lowest. You can be D. Yeah, okay. um, he he's, also, he's a little scrappy. He also has the skilled diplomat, which lessens um, trouble within unit. We never talked about this because um, it doesn't matter. But the idle game features in Metal Gear Solid Five. No, but uh, well, I mean, I guess it's kind of related to the idle game features. Um. Sometimes your dudes just be like fighting. You you recruit a guy and he's like, just mean. I'm, I'm stinky and cause other people to get sick. <laughs> or they're which unsanitary. Is, which is a thing. Yeah. Or uh, I'm a bully and I give people PTSD. 
Uh, but if you put someone with a uh, diplomat in that section, the diplomat will convince people, convince the bully not to be a bully, and the unhygienic guy to wash his fucking hands. Um, he also only speaks English and Japanese, oddly enough. But I believe he's given himself full ranks and nope, only two pips in English. So he isn't a fluent speaker of English. Interesting. Wow, Hideo Kojima canonically not that good. <laughs> I mean, you you can get him at like the start of the game where S rank's a big fucking deal, but he will eventually become outclassed. That seems fair though. If you played through Ground Zeroes to to start the next game, mm-hmm. or didn't you say you like play it in the middle if you're going by timeline? So, like, timeline-wise, it's... God, it's complicated. Um, so... Sorry, I have to close a bunch of tabs now. Um, Size the tabs! So, when it was... When it was originally being made, you can definitely tell where Ground Zeroes was supposed to take place um, if when they wreck with one combined game. But when they were one combined game, it still happened at the start of chapter one. Um, but Ground Zeroes has a bunch of side missions that were not originally designed for the game. So uh-huh. we don't know where those side missions would have been. So who knows? Is that like the side missions where you go around and you erase? logos for old Metal Gear games. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It seems a little on the nose. Oh, yes! A little on the nose. You can't erase the ones Kojima was not uh, involved in either. And uh, Kaz, who is your support staff for that one, will be like, huh? I don't remember that game. (laughs) I got the cannon. And then if you erase all of them, you get to do a uh, Metal Gear Solid 1 quiz show with uh, Kaz as the host. But you can also do a hard version where it's uh, Kaz doing a Liquid Snake impression. And it's pretty fucking bullshit questions. What What a silly game. All the Metal Gear Solids are pretty silly. A lot of people complain that 4 and 5 were too serious, but like... They're still camp. I mean, in 4, in like the very first area, you can pose next to a statue and pretend to be part of the statue. But if you do it three times, you break off the statue's dick and then start panicking. <laughs> That's amazing. It's really funny. Yeah, it's like it's like camp. You get the these dudes like like hamming it up, delivering these big moments. Yeah. In the big finale of four, you know what? Nope, we're not gonna get. We're not, we're not gonna get four. We're not at four yet. Talk about yeah. homoerotic hand to hand old man combat. We're not gonna <laughs> talk about that yet. Okay. <laughs> but it is extremely homoerotic. Holy shit. But no, see that's just something Russians do to demoralize their en- anyways. Uh, God, there was a game journalist 
who had that GameFAQs post printed out on a shirt, like, over and over again. I think I'm missing context here. Okay, I guess we can spoil it a little bit. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 at the end when uh, you're fighting Liquid Ocelot in hand-to-hand combat, um, if you get into a grapple with him at a certain stage, he will kiss um, Snake, and Snake will lose a bunch of stamina, and he'll regain some health. And some, and some people were like, no, that's not gay. It's He's doing that to demoralize Snake. It's a Russian thing. Which, hilariously, I actually had a teacher pull, no, they're just good friends, when discussing a book about, um, it was in Russia during World War II, and there was an older lady and a younger lady who lived in, like, the same area. And they formed a friendship, and eventually the younger lady was like, hey, you know, we should really move in together. And, you know, we can, or you should let me move in. We can just share the bed. It'll be fine. Um, you know, the winters are cold here anyway, so we'd be considering heat. And I was, I brought it up to my teacher. I'm like, hey, this is really interesting. Like, was there some sort uh like, am I reading this correctly? That there's some sort of same-sex attraction here? My teacher's just like, no, Russians are just like that. And even yeah, though I was yeah. like... Russians are just gay. Yeah, Sharing oh, yeah, just, every night just, with your female companion. Yeah, just gals being pals. That's the most heterosexual thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, I am... That is not... There is definitely more to it. That's just the thing that made me go, huh, I'm going to ask my teacher about this. Yeah, Metal, Metal, Metal Gear Solid definitely has a case of the not gays sometimes. Oh, Jesus. Oh, you mean, oh, did we talk about the, the, um, the sauna scene between Snake and, uh, Kaz? In 5? Did we talk about it? I don't believe so. No, it was in Peace Walker. Peace Walker, you may have mentioned it. So there's, um, an audio drama, uh, of... And there's a single illustration that's essentially so something we haven't talked about. Cause is cause is a total horn dog, and uh, he won't stop sleeping with other men's girlfriends. Like he he just he just can't stop. He 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 sees a lady. He's got a mac on her, and eventually uh, Snake confronts him about it uh, in a sauna because Mother Base had a sauna for some reason. Oh, okay. You need, you need some R&R. Yeah. Mm. Uh, some good old uh, Russian time. Yeah, that, that's yes. for male cuddling. The not not homosexual male cuddling. Yeah, totally. Um, so they're in, they're in the sauna, and Snake's just like, hey, how about that oh, fuck, laughing rabbit, or whatever her name was. And he's just like, yeah, she seems cool, haha. And then eventually Snake's just like, I know you're che- uh, I know she's cheating on her boyfriend with you. And he's like, hey, it's not my fault. I'm so hot. Waka waka. And then uh, Snake starts whipping him with a towel and then they start wrestling naked. Oh, OK. Wait, and so it's... Snake confronts his friend. He's like, dude, you got to s- stop fucking other people's girlfriends. And Kaza's like, who cares? They'll fuck you, too. <laughs> Pretty much. Except, uh... Uh... Naked Snake slash boss doesn't know what sex is. 
You can say um, he doesn't know what sex is. No. Not really. It's implied. I can't remember where, but it's implied he might be ace. And also, later, Solid Snake is dies a virgin, but extremely knows what sex is, and is constantly horny. Well, wait, no. I mean, he did live with Ocelot. Hi, Future Joe here. Um, I meant Otacon, not Ocelot. I, uh, I just keep making this mistake for a while, so for the next bit, whenever I say Ocelot, I mean Otacon. Yeah, they were, they were in a domestic partnership. Yeah. Maybe he was a confirmed bachelor. Possibly. Well, no, Snake, Snake extremely shows interest in women. Um, and so does Ocelot. Ocelot gets laid on screen. That's comforting. He has sex with Naomi inside a helicopter. Inside of their flying home plane. And then she dies. Also, he had sex with his stepmother. And then his dad died. Sorry. He had sex with his stepmother as his dad died. And then in Revengeance, it's... Uh, in a codec call, it's revealed that he actually... He goes on a lot of dates with very pretty ladies. Because, whoops, Ocelot is actually pretty hot. After Metal Gear Solid 1, when he pissed himself. <laughs> well, I mean, I, mean I, guess, I guess there are people who are into that. Oh, yeah, there are definitely people into that. I had no comment. Metal Gear Solid 5! Speaking of piss. Yeah, speaking of piss and kinks. Uh, one thing I uh, really wanted to bring up that's oh, been on my mind for this whole podcast. Uh, Code Talker? Yeah. E- extremely sounds like it's a very funny way to say Kotaku. No, Code Talker... Code Talker is actually a thing during World War II. It was the... Um, it's how they were oh, referred oh, I know. to... Okay. I just think it's, it, it, it sounds also sounds like a funny way to say Kotaku. <laughs> Unrelated. I see. But, I mean, just... I mean, it, that's worth bringing up. Um, Kotakers, where Navajo Indians use... Uh, the U.S. government used during the War in the Pacific to transmit orders to... Like, between units, it was a form of encryption. Um... Like how the Germans had Enigma. It wasn't just Navajo. It was stuff based off of Navajo. Um, it's super interesting. A lot of um, Navajo Indians did a lot of really cool shit. And then were completely abused by the US government. Because Native Americans extremely did not have rights back then. Because it wasn't until, like, the 70s that Native Americans could, like, vote. Yeah. Anyways. Um. You get back to base. You got Code Talker. You get back to base. Uh, he talks more. He he gives everyone the good kush. And they smoke it. And so they're no longer infected with the vocal cord parasites. People stop dying. Everything's great. Uh, you learn about the Metal Archaea. Which is a form of the vocal cord, which is like an offshoot of the vocal cord parasites. 
which can eat metal and also, like, break uranium? So it doesn't sure. work? Like, I guess it can eat the radiation from uranium or something? It's really, it's fucking stupid. Yeah, I kind of think that one is true. Like, there there are Archaea that eat radiation. Mm-hmm. They're like, Though, like an offshoot of microbial life. They're like, kind of like bacteria, but they're completely genetically distinct. That sounds familiar. But also... They don't work how they do in Metal Gear Solid 5, because in Metal Gear Solid 5, it's, like, instantaneous. Probably not, no. Um, Because they are, as as we mentioned last Metal Gear Solid 5 episode, which, I mean, that was, like, what, a month ago? How could you not remember? Um, While rescuing Codewalker, Codewalker, Codetalker. While rescuing Codetalker.com. Yes. Uh, your helicopter crashes because it flies through a cloud of metal archaea and your helicopter instantaneously rusts. So it's that level of super metallic archaea. Um, and so Kotaker explains yes, I was helping um, Skullface, but I didn't have a choice. He had my entire tribe kidnapped and he said if i didn't help him he was just gonna start executing them all willy-nilly uh he explains that he is a nuclear physicist but he hates nukes and he hates the u.s government so he was trying to proliferate nukes all over the world so that everyone would have a way to defend themselves because it was he talks about how a lot of the uranium the u.s government uh Mind came from Navajo miners who were not told what they were mining and how dangerous it was, and the U.S. government let all of like the uranium dust and shit blow through the air and get into the drinking water and all this shit. So, like, wow, that sounds really yeah. evil. The U.S. government would never do that, right? Is it uh, true? It's oh, it's extremely true. true. It's one hundred percent true. Uh. The U.S. government discovered that there were uranium mines on the uh, native reservations they forced the Navajo onto. So they just went in and took it and forced the Navajo to mine it so that they didn't have to risk any white people. The U.S. sucks, and it's always sucked. Uh, anyways, uh, you learned the terrible things uh, Code Talker had done to him. U.S. By... imperialism, bad. Yeah. Uh, we learn a little bit more about Skullface, but it gets clarified a little bit later, so I'll just talk about it then. Uh, you do a couple more missions, and then you finally get the mission. We know where Skullface is. Um, Eli may or may not have killed a kid by dropping a pipe on him. And he's still little shit. Uh, and then you go, and you... Time to go fight Skullface, because you know where Skullface is? He's not near his uh, Metal Gear. It's finally time. Metal it's gear. finally, finally time to bring an end to this. And so you go, and you get ambushed, and he captures you. And then he puts you in a truck. And he drives away while explaining his backstory. And are you ready? For Skullface's backstory. I, I don't 
think I am. I don't think I could ever be ready. Autumn, are you ready? Mm, I don't know. Am I ready? Are any of us ready? We're just going to have to take this journey together. Yeah, you're right. I'm Be not strong. ready. We're in this together. <laughs> I'm, I'm holding out my hand for you to take. Yeah. Oh, I missed. Right. Uh, <laughs> try harder. It's out there. <laughs> okay. It's waiting. I got, I got you. So, as you drive along, you learn Skull Face. The reason he doesn't have a face is because when he was growing up in some country somewhere, <laughs> sure. uh, there was a war and his face got burned off in a fire. Yeah, uh, that, happens. that sucks. And then he was forced to learn the language of his conquerors and forget the language of his birth. So that sucks. Damn, fuck imperialism. And then it happened again. He was somewhere else. And it got invaded, and there was a war, and his side lost. So we had to learn another language and forget the old one. And at this point, he's like, what the fuck? And so he can't remember his home tongue. Like, at all. Uh. And then he grew up, and he was just like, man, language is really fucking important. So I'm gonna commit linguistic genocide. And force everyone in the world to learn one language. And just erase all other cultures. Kind of. So that's how he ended up joining. FOX, which XOF, sorry. Which is the opposite of Foxhound. So his job was to go behind Snake and clean up everything he did. So there was no trace. So he collected the bodies, he replaced the beehives, he, like, picked up all the bullet casings. You mean and... in, in three he did this? Yep. <laughs> he was just there? Uh, yep. You never saw him, but he was behind you. Like, not literally just behind you, but, like, one, one snake was out of the area, XOF went in and cleaned up everything. It wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't like him personally five minutes behind you picking shit up. And then if you backtracked, he was like hiding in a tree. But that would be hilarious. I want someone to make that game. Um, and so he joined he joined XOF. Eventually he became he like he joined Cypher when Cypher became a thing. Um, Cypher being the name of the organization that Major Zero uh, founded and also the name he started going by. And so he's he's doing this, he's talking. I gave a very abbreviated uh, explanation. And as you're playing, as, as he's talking, you're driving along. And then he runs out of things to say, and you're not even halfway to where you're going in this truck. And so there's just this long, like, minute of awkward silence of you staring at him. And then Metal Gear Solid 5's theme starts playing. 
the world. You know, everyone, everyone knows the song. Um, Do you think that was an, an intentional choice, or did they just, like, not have time to finish it? No, I think... I, I think they, the people who made the cutscene and the people who did the recording of the voice didn't communicate how long the car ride was. Okay, yeah, so that sound, sounds like a situation where it was rushed and they just didn't have time to fix it. Yes, there are many parts of Metal Gear Solid Five which were unfinished. But it's it's hilarious. Because it's so clearly, like... Not what was meant to happen. And then, <laughs> oh, it's still the cutscene, so you can just press start to skip it. But it's it's so iconic to the Metal Gear Solid Five experience. To just sit through the car ride. <sighs> Wait, so Skullface's plan, his evil scheme is basically just you're in America, speak American? But for of. the whole world? Kind of. <laughs> um, I believe he wants everyone to speak English because that... Oh, okay, so there's something. So there's the vocal cord parasites that were killing everyone on the... um On... Uh... Diamond Dog's Mother Base, because of that one language. Uh, when you went into the, the Hell House, or Satan's Home, or whatever it was called, um, there was all the people laying in the bed with the um, the mics in their throats, uh, who were talking all these different languages, because he was making a version of the killing vocal cord parasite for, like, every language in the world, but not for English. So. So yeah. it's implied that English is the one language? Well, some people have the English uh, version. And if the thing is, if uh, they speak English, it activates the parasites, and then the parasites can spread that way. So there's actually three vocal cord parasites. Uh, or. Three vials of the vocal cord parasite. And spoilers. One is destroyed um, when you beat Skullface. Quiet is infected with the English vocal cord parasites, which is why she doesn't talk. Because if she talks, she'll unleash a death plague on the world. And Eli, aka. Yeah. Eli, who is uh, Liquid Snake is infected with the vocal cord parasites. But the vocal cord parasites don't become active until you hit puberty. So, until his voice drops, he's not uh, contagious. Yeah, that makes sense. Nice reference. <laughs> I, I don't understand why that's in a, that soundbite's from a fucking Street Fighter game. Because Third Strike is a masterpiece? Yeah, it's wild. Um, so it's actually a plot point that as the game goes along, his voice starts cracking because he's getting closer to puberty. <laughs> I, I actually really, really like that. I like the little pieces that sort of represent time growth, like D-Dog growing up from a puppy. Yeah. Eli starts going through puberty. That, that's actually kind of sweet, I guess. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't sound like much about the character is. Well. Here, here's the thing. You learn about all this stuff in Chapter 3. Chapter 3 never got made. Whoops. Whoops. 
Wait, so how, how, do, how do you learn? Do you have to, like, listen to Codex or some shit? So, th- Chapter 3 was almost done, and there's data for it that people found, like, in the PC uh, version. Wait, is this not even in the game? The release game? No. Wait, so, wait, wait, what's the cutoff point between actually in the game and supposed to be in the game? So, there's multiple ending points, which, um, we'll get... To- I mean, okay. There's there's multiple endpoints. So there's pause where you're collecting all of the um, the photos from the soldiers who escaped the destruction of the first mother base. Okay. Um, and then you show them all to pause, and then you learn that no pause is just a figment of your imagination and a symptom of your PTSD. You're trying to like justify everything you did and letting her die, et cetera, et cetera. I'm smoking wormwood. Stop seeing dead goyles. Yeah. Uh, there is... Um, there's a really rough scene that we'll get to um, that they actually toned down, which I think was a mistake, um, that involves a whole bunch of Mother Base uh, soldiers dying, which is another end point. And then there's the end of Quiet's... Um, uh, story, which is another endpoint where you learn everything about Quiet. Um, you ever then, square off with Sahelanthropus? Yes, we're getting to that. Okay. Um, but that's not the end. Because sure. that's the that's the end of chapter one. Then there's what? chapter two. Wait, and a lot of stuff happens in chapter two. It, but when do you fight? Do you ever fight it? Yeah. At the end of chapter one. It's a really fun fight. Um, we were actually we were actually just about to get to it. Um, at the end of the Cargo Discall Face is where you fight Salhai Anthropus. Chapter one. Yep, still chapter one. Oh my god. Um, and then there's also the truth, which is where the game makes you replay the first fucking mission, which is escaping from the hospital in its entirety. With a few little changes to it, which is, is where like you 80 hours in what you're describing. Not 80 hours, but yeah. Well, I guess I mean, if you fuck around a lot, then yeah, I could be 80 hours in. Um, where you learn that you're not boss, you're the medic who was on the helicopter who extracted Paz's bomb. But missed the one that was in her vagina. Uh, yeah, that sure that sure did happen. That extremely <laughs> happened. <laughs> it's gross. But there was supposed to be um there's a part uh after the the really rough thing where Eli and uh Sucomantis leave. Um and then that was supposed to leave lead into chapter three, which is where Eli and all the kids have formed um, a Lord of the Flies island and have a robot and have a metal gear on it. So that that can't be allowed to happen. Uh, But back to the current of the story we're talking about. Uh, You you go through the car ride, you get to the end. Uh, Solahanthropus is there. 
Skullface explains the other plan, because he had two plans. He was going to sell cheap nukes to everyone in the world to make them nuclear powers. And they were going to be so cheap and so readily available that the only nukes anyone in the world would use would be his. But they were all going to have metallic archaea in them. Which would stop them from working. So he was going to control the world's nuke supplies so that the nukes could only ever be used if he okayed it. Do you see the problem here? Oh yeah, this, this is kind of like, um, you're, uh, you buy, you buy a truck, but the manufacturer can just shut down the computer whenever they want. Yeah, Tesla's. That's a little on the nose, don't you think? Well, he, here, here's the problem. The United States and the USSR still have their nukes. They're not going to buy nukes. They can just make nukes. <laughs> yes. So the problem, like his plan won't work. Would you buy a nuke? Like how cheap would it have to be? He said they were going to be pretty cheap. Are like, we talking the- like, like a grand? I think more than a grand, but I think it's in the thousands. Like, I don't know. a lease to get a nuke. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's only 35 bucks a month. I don't. I don't know what the going rate on a nuke is, and there's no way for me to check that without going to super prison. <laughs> um, but he says they're going to be pretty cheap. Because like he's $50. using, um, because another thing he's using for the the archaic, the metallic archaea for, is he can extremely enrich uranium very fast, so he can make a lot of nuclear material very quickly. Um. So you know this is his plan. Everyone's like, "You're not gonna get away with this." Um. And then it looks like he's gonna get away with it. He activates Solaranthropus. Um. Your support team is in a helicopter. Who? Uh. And they're helping. Eli is there for some reason. Sure. Let the murder child come. Let him see. Um, and he's Eli is the one who actually takes control of Solanthropus through Psychomantis because his his hatred overpowers the hatred that uh, Skullface has, and Psychomantis can't control his powers yet, so he's just kind of influenced by whoever has the strongest emotions. So the all the entire time you're fighting Solanthropus, you're actually fighting Eli. Is that, that um, is like is that like a callback or callback to like fighting paws and the Mac and Peace Walker? I guess maybe. Like, there's no one inside Salahanthropus. Um, it's being piloted by a psychic who's being piloted by a mad boy. Yes, uh, the psychic kid is just like riding on Salahanthropus's shoulder and controlling it with his wiggly woo mind. Uh, so you fight it. It's a really, it's a really fun fight. Um, because the game will just constantly call in supply drops for you and artillery strikes for you to help out in case you get stuck. Um, Solanthropus has a bunch of really cool different ways to fight. He has a big sword. Um, that's kind of like the Assassin Blade in um, the Assassin's Creed games where it's like attached to his to its wrist and it shoots out. 
And it's all superheated, and he slashes at stuff. Um, he has a lot of guns. Um, but eventually you fight it and destroy it. It falls on Skullface. And so he's, like, pinned under some rubble. And you and Kaz approach him and yell at him. And he goes, no, this wasn't supposed to happen. No, don't do this. Don't kill me. No, I'm not the villain here. Please ignore the fact I had an entire hospital full of people slaughtered. And then also the mass burial graves of all the people I tried to genocide and all the other bad stuff. But I'm not the villain here. Uh, and then actually you get a choice. You can either shoot him with the a shotgun you have right there. Um, and it's pretty fucking brutal. Because you just start, like, uh, sh shooting round after round into him as he's yet screaming. And it shows all these flashbacks of, like, Mother Base and Cause with and then without his limbs and etc, etc. And then you walk away. Or you can just wait out the timer and you throw the shotgun next to him and it goes, you do it. And then you walk away. And then Huey runs up and shoots him. And it's like, yeah, I did it! I killed Skullface! I'm the best! I'm the one who did it! And everyone's like, Huey, shut the fuck up. Um. And then you get another cutscene, because, oh, you know, this shit isn't done yet. Uh, you get, uh... A speech from Miller who talks about how, uh, like, we beat, we beat Skullface, but Cypher's still out there, and Cypher still needs to suffer and face punishment for all this. And he whips off his glasses, and it's not clear whether he's blind or not. And then, uh, the game's just like, it, it zooms out, and you're like, oh, this is the end of the game. And then it goes, CHAPTER TWO! And you go, oh, fuck, this isn't the end of the game. Uh, I think it it does the... Uh, did either of you play Nier Automata? Yeah. Yeah. So you remember how at the end of uh, Route A, the game went, hey, wait, no, this isn't the end of the game. Like, keep playing. There's more to this game. We played the credits here because this was just a thematic place to put credits. But there's more. Please keep playing. Yes. Yeah. And so you start in chapter two, and now Mother Base has a bunch of posters that says Big Boss is watching you because Kojima read a couple books before this, and one of them is 1984. <laughs> um, and so you're trying to figure out, like, okay, what the fuck happened to Cypher? And, like,. There's still the man on fire. He's still running around. What's his deal? And, like, there's a bunch of plot holes that still need to be filled in. Which we'll get to next time. Dun, dun. Oh, cliffhanger! Cliffhanger! The next installment of Necessary Tangents. Metal Gear Solid 5, Chapter 2. I swear it won't be as long as Chapter 1. I think this might be the longest running series on the podcast yet. This is somehow longer than Kingdom Hearts. 
Fuck them. I, uh, I think chapter one of Metal Gear Solid 5 might be as long as all of our recordings on Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I, just, I guess just Metal Gear's more weirdly convoluted than Kingdom Blarts. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of context in five, like callbacks and like call forwards, and it's yeah. it really is a huge game. Yeah. We haven't even scratched much of like the side content. No, we're we're skipping a lot of the side content, which is and you steal them and you put them in your house, and then you can go hang out with them. That's the kind of game it is. It's a game where you steal goats and you take carrots. Mm-hmm. You can catch Suchinokos. There's Suchinoko in five. Mm-hmm. Suchinoko real. You find it what? in the. Uh, you find it in the jungle outside where you rescue um, Kotaker. Cool. We we talked about finding Suchinoko in three, didn't we? Yes, I think so. Easter eggs. Man, not even talking about all the weapons and stuff. Oh God, like so the inflatable weapons. dudes. I like how you can upgrade the inflatable dudes so they like say a voice line. You're pretty good. Uh, originally, you could make one of Lisa from PT. That was what? shown off. They were shown off in a couple like um, not demos. What's it called? Showcases. Um, I wonder why that got cut. Gee, I wonder. Um, but uh. How it would work is the decoy pop up and the enemies would see Lisa and they'd get really scared and run away. Yeah, me too. We haven't we haven't really talked about the music. There's lots of great licensed music in, in mm-hmm. five. The cardboard boxes and the things you can do with a cardboard box. Uh, when visibility is low and you're wearing a cardboard bo- a box uh, that you can design that has like a Russian soldier on the side, uh, you can stand up in the box. And if the visibility is low enough, uh, the Russian soldiers will think you're another Russian soldier. And there's so there's so many guns, and at some point you unlock the ability to just like freely modify guns, parts between guns. You can be like rolling around with your like tricked out like teal and blue <laughs> and gold, uh, like like you like you're playing COD or something. That that's fun. Uh, they when it was released, they accidentally forgot to dis. They made it so that any attachment could go on any weapon, and not just any gun. So you could run around with silenced grenades, <laughs> which they'd work just like grenades, <laughs> except they wouldn't make noise. They so should have at it. So enemies wouldn't notice that uh, grenades were going off right Actually, next no, to them. That's that's ridiculously broken. There's some broken mm-hmm. stuff in Five though. Antimaterial weapons or rifles that can go through walls and shit, which are non-lethal. Yeah, high-level non-lethal stuff. But I mean, you don't have to use it. You could like go in hot with like SMGs and shotguns and the riot shield. Mm-hmm. Let's set up like you walk around corners and set it to shoot like lure dudes. Mm-hmm. MGS5 ever have like multiplayer? Well, I know. Okay, well, yes, there there is, right? It's like you go, you do base infiltrations. Yeah, there's also like uh, team deathmatch stuff and capture the flag. I I'm almost certain it's dead by this point. Definitely. Um, but I played some of it. It's fun. It was fun. 
I guess we should um we should call it here. Yes, we should call it here. Um anyone have anything to plug? Okay. Watch RRR. It's an Indian movie. It's really fucking good. Uh I can't explain it too much without giving away some of the amazing bits of it. Uh there is a dance fight where uh <laughs> which almost ends racism in colonial India. Wow. Uh There is a part early on where a guy wrestles a tiger. Uh there is a part where a guy throws a jaguar into another guy. <laughs> Projectile jaguar. Yeah, there's like and believe me when I say this, this is not the most hype shit that happens. Yeah, okay. Watch R R R. Watch R R R. It's on Netflix. If you got Sweet. Netflix. And if you don't, it's I mean, there are places you can go that show you Netflix stuff for free. Yeah, like yeah. my mom's house. Yeah. She has <laughs> um yeah, watch R R. It is long. It's like three hours long, but there's there's a point where there's supposed to be an intermission. If you're watching it, it's after the big party scene. There's a party scene, and then after that, there's a big party scene. And then after that scene is where uh, the intermission was supposed to be. So you can just stop there. They're honestly, the movie before the intermission and after the intermission are basically two movies. So, like, you don't have to watch them back to back. That's neat. Yeah. Like a from dusk till dawn situation, where it just turns into a different movie halfway through. Does it? I never watched that. Oh yeah, Have you seen that movie? Uh, well, it's we, we cannot spoil it. It's a yeah, right? Okay, yes. Anyways, uh, thank you all for listening, and I hope you have a great day. Bye. You're amazing. Bye. Yes, my you, everyone who's listening, and my two co-hosts. You're all amazing, wonderful people. I hope you have a good day. I hope this brought some life to life to your day because things are rough right now. But yeah, bye. Metal Gear. Metal Gear. Metal Gear.